Hello and welcome to Shut Up and Drink Your Juice with me, Paul Brunger. Hello, Rob Cowan. Hello. And Matt Bird. Hello. This is the topical lifestyle slash celebrity gossip show modelled loosely on women's magazines with circulation of probably millions, I would say. We have a a circulation of of approximately everyone who's listening to this right now, both of you. Before we crack on with the review of the papers, just if you want to get in touch with us live during the show, strange that no one ever does, but you can get in touch with us at Twitter, at ShutUpDrink, or via email. And the email address, Rob, is... I don't know. Oh, yes, I do. Uh, the email address is shutupanddrinkyourjuice at gmail.com. All one word, shutupanddrinkyourjuice at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page. If you search for Shut Up and Drink Your Juice, you'll find us there. I'm logged in right now to at Shut Up Drink, the Twitter feed. Uh, but what's the interesting, actually, it says who to follow down the left-hand side. Chat Magazine is actually the top recommended follow for us, uh, which is, uh, frankly, absurd that they've uh, been able to d- deduce uh, that much about the content of the podcast. I can only assume that Twitter are listening. Well, it is, it is a media sensation it's an absolute media sensation it's really uh, it's really taken off i mean we're we are now with with our twitters and our facebooks and whatever we're now a, a multimedia entity because we've caught on to the modern broadcasting trend that it's not important to have content as long as you don't have that content on as many platforms as possible but um yeah otherwise before we move on to what the papers have been saying i suppose it's uh, it's time to update our, our topical chat uh last episode we updated you with our topical chat since 2007 and uh, this this time only having to pick up about two months worth of topical chat but it just means there's there's less stuff about people of whom I have heard happening so to demonstrate my incredible celebrity knowledge the, the stories I've picked up on this week are first of all that the uh, the ultimate warrior has died from the WWF it's very sad I didn't see that but I, I, I don't know who he is oh well he's you know warriors yeah he's like the ultimate one of those the last one well I found uh, I found a much sadder death only a couple of weeks ago when the penultimate warrior died <laughs> Ultimate Warrior died. But no, I think God must have decided he needed a new professional wrestler. He's obviously a massive fan because he takes them by the bucket load. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly like it's a dangerous profession, is it? Well, yeah, not, not many of them die during, mostly just uh, soon afterwards, just once the once the, the limelight fades away. I think we were lucky to survive seven years off the air, to be honest, without going strange and dying in mysterious circumstances. Yeah. And not to appear morbid, but my uh, second news story is that Nirvana touring with a, a Kurt Cobain hologram. Have you seen that? How does the Kurt Cobain hologram sing? Is it good? Well, you know, you, you know he'll put his heart into it. He's been programmed anyway to put his heart into it, so you can't get more genuine than that. What strikes me is it's definitely exactly what Kurt Cobain would have wanted. Yeah, of course. So, if the listeners don't know, Kurt Cobain has died and his heart is in a box. Is it a, a snugly fitting box? or uh, It sort of uh, fits the heart pretty well. It's um, almost shaped like that. Well, that's good. <laughs> It wouldn't have been as good if he'd had an almost heart-shaped box. Also, is it watertight? Because there's a lot of fluid in hearts. I'm just concerned it would soak up if it was a cob. If we're talking about a presentational box, like the heart-shaped cardboard presentational box, it would be a very poor choice of storage for an actual heart. Shall we get on with the headlines? Shut up, just shut up, shut up, shut up. And drink your juice. 
Yeah, so what have you uh, got for us in the gossip section chat magazine genre this week? Real People magazine uh, leads with Cat Dribble left my baby at death's door. A striptease arrested for my topless check-in. That's an airport shocker, where I should. Footy Fatty stuck in the turnstile. I won't need to go into any detail with that one. I think you can guess what's going on there. And uh, from the Take a Break, they're leading with Home Birth Horror. His foot is hanging out of me. And a wife explains why I married my rapist. And of course, the best of all the magazines here, Pick Me Up magazine, only 68p still. BFS Before Birth, that's a story about newborns who are apparently struck up a friendship from the separate wombs. And uh, I was a porker, then I lost £100. Uh, that is actually quite an interesting story. I would go into some depth later, but it's not that long a story about a lady who... I would challenge that we pretty much now know the entire story. Well, yeah, OK. I was a porker, then I lost £100. She went to Peppa Pig land and was told she was too fat to get on a ride and then over a period of months or years lost well £100 uh, and she was much happier then. I actually, uh, I haven't had a, a chance to pick up any of the Dutch celebrity bags this week because I've spent the week away in Munich, but I did see the German celebrity magazines. Actually, they're very interested in the royal family, but of course they're they're German too, so the, most of their stories are about a little baby little. boy George. No, sorry, I thought you said most of their stories were about little. No, no. Little boy George. No, little and oldie, but most of their stories are about little baby Prince George, boy George, and they've they've led with the headline Naturwissenschaften Geslecht Hungerhandgunder Junger Prince Georgian all one word <laughs> this is snappy I think it sums it up quite well the uh, the story itself actually seems to be lots of long lensed photographs of, of baby George with all his, his least flattering bits circled so they've circled a bit here where he's got some sick down him and another piece here where he's got some, some baby fat so you know he should be thoroughly ashamed of himself there he won't be able to go on Peppa Pig World, would he? I mean, it's been a nightmare. And you have to be this high to enter the rides as well, so he still still couldn't. Mm. But also, um, I thought, well, it's you know interesting to go to Germany, but you do notice a lot of differences between the, the German culture and the Dutch culture. And so on that topic, I thought, well, we did, we skipped over it last time by just putting the name Orange in the name of the podcast, but I thought I'd give you some genuine insights now into, into Dutch culture in my role as the cultural attaché of Shut Up and Drink Your Juice. Well, well this is this is quite convenient as well as... Yeah, uh, because as we preempted your, th- your thinking about this, uh, because... Uh, take a break are going with our holidays Amsterdam a double page spread of things to do in Amsterdam so I wonder perhaps if we could if it's okay with you if I was to name these things you can say your sort of your own in, uh, interpretation of how you found them uh, and if you th- would agree with take a break uh, that these are actually really good things to do in Amsterdam yeah peer review is important let's do that okay well uh, storming ahead and number one of the ten reasons to visit Amsterdam is the Kuchenhof Gardens uh, not been. Right. Uh, number two is Anne Frank House. Uh, not been, but the queues are very big, so we can assume it's very good. Right. Three, cycling. Uh, not done it. Right. Four, Nemo. Apparently it's a, uh, a green ship sliding into Eastern Dock. It's a dramatic science and technology centre. Yeah, it looks brilliant from the outside. Uh, I, I haven't been in, but uh, yeah, I will. Okay, number five, the canals. Yep, nope, been on one of those. Tick. Yeah, they are, uh, they're good. Not as good as the ones in Venice, but good. Uh, the Van Gogh Museum. Oh, I've been in that one as well. Um, it is good, but you do really have to like uh, Van Gogh. Right, okay, beg your pardon for the pronunciation there. Uh, seven, the Jordan District. 
Yeah, all three in a row. No, I've been there. That's uh, that's very good. All of the uh, it's where they used to have all of the industry, but obviously now it's uh, horrendously gentrified, and no one can afford to live there. But it's very nice for it. Uh, number eight, the food. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I have eaten in the six months I've been here, so I, I oh, we've recovered well. I thought we were going to do none of them, but uh, yeah, the food is is um, it's all stuff like your gran would make uh, if your gran was Dutch. Uh, nine, the Heineken experience. Is that just going to a pub? Uh, no, it's a it's their brewery. I think. Uh, uh, more, more than that, more than that, you can look at a horse and there's a ride. It does say that there is a stunning Shire horse there. There is. She was a stunner. All right, and finally, number 10 is the Wondel Park. Uh, yes, I live quite near that now. I've not been, but I, I live very near it now, so that's good. It's a huge area filled with ponds, gardens and shady plane trees. A much loved by locals and a magnet for dog walkers, joggers, roller skaters and sun worshippers. Out of all those categories, what would you put you, uh, Paul? Are you, are you a dog walker, jogger, roller skater or sun worshipper? Well, um, I should probably add that, that as well as dog walkers and joggers, uh, or maybe that's what it is, in fact, because I've been led to believe that after dark, it's actually very popular with doggers. But I don't know whether that's just a combination of a dog walker and a jogger. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe, maybe it is. Uh, yeah, unless the dog is jogging. Oh, yeah, a jogging dog. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I was a bit worried to go there after dark, but no, now, now I'm, I'm probably fine with it. I probably will go. Well, it sounds that, that sounds pretty good. It sounds like uh, you agree with a lot of uh, Take a Break's findings of Amsterdam. So that's that's good to know, isn't it? Good that they, they, they've done their research with, um, and you know, it meets your approval as well. And they've actually done them as well, which I'm very impressed by. I mean, I've done a sod all. I only did the Heineken ride because uh, one of my friends was visiting. Although, ooh, although what the Heineken ride has got, which is very good and definitely not an enormous waste of money, is you can go in at the end and there's a bar where you can get a Heineken and the tabletops in the bar are enormous uh, touchscreens and if you put your glass down, a beer mat appears under it just before you put it down. Oh, well, that's clever. That's really handy if, uh, if you don't have real beer mats. It's probably cheaper in the long run, isn't it? It would be if it just uh, it still gets everywhere. Like, it, they're not very absorbent. And also it means you won't be able to see this sort of beer mat card flipping game. Probably a better game, though. You can probably play Solitaire or whatever, or Pac-Man, Pong. Obviously, there are other um, uh, breweries uh, that are offering similar sort of tours elsewhere in Amsterdam as well. I think you want to make that clear. It's not... We aren't on the BBC. No. Uh, uh, we're going to endorse Heineken, and if they want to send us any pints... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I I would be a big fan of having us endorsed by some some Dutch uh, purveyors of beer and Yennefer and, and other alcoholic beverages. That would be nice. See if you can, see if you can sort that out, Rob. Well, you, you live in Holland. It's going to be more like that you will make make that happen. Uh, that's true. I'll forget it then. So that was Matt's guide to Amsterdam. Paul, what's your guide to Amsterdam? Well, mine, you see, I'm going to take you away from some of these top ten touristy whatnots and take you into the real Amsterdam and get really, you get to know the Dutch culture. Because, I mean, you know, they've got a bit of a 
bit of a reputation, the Dutch, uh, the sort of things they enjoy. And um, yeah, it's all it's all completely true. Sometimes when they're in the office, they really will indulge a little bit in in substances. And I've seen them have maybe seven or eight cups of coffee. Wow, they're crazy. The Dutch, I love them. They must be absolutely buzzing after that. Is 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 that legal for for um, for visitors to the country to to have that? No, you've got to have a residence permit to drink that much coffee. It's not allowed otherwise because they used to have a lot of people coming over just to do that, and it's you know it's not a very good uh, reputation to have just to be somewhere where someone comes and and really overdoes it. It's stronger than the coffee that you've got over there as well, so people just get a bit out of hand when they've had it. That's what I've heard about all these coffee shops in Amsterdam. Though, yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, I, was, uh, I don't like coffee really, so it's it's not something that's going to appeal to me. No, it's not for everyone. Yeah, uh, do they do other? Um, I mean, can you get tea? Uh, well, you know, I, I shouldn't say this, but it, it is possible if you know the right people. Cocoa? I should cocoa. Thanks, Brian. But as I said, you know, they're, they're like that. They're just absolutely bonkers. Sometimes, if they're on a if they're on a night out and you know they fancy a bit of it, then they'll they will just go into the middle and they'll get chips. They'll get chips. Get chips. They're out of control. They just don't care. And also, actually, very good is the chocolate. The chocolate's very good because I mean, you know how infamously in in America the chocolate's all crap. It's terrible chocolate in America. It's yeah. really, really laughably poor. And then in the UK, actually, it's pretty good. In the, like Cadbury's mm. is underrated. I think. I just a, just a block of dairy milk is is great. So if dairy milk, as well as Heineken and Twitter and pick me up a listing, then do send us uh, do send me some dairy milk for no reason. That would be lovely as well. But uh, then you come over here and obviously. The got really great chocolate in Europe so there's there's some sort of correlation with the further east you go the better the chocolate gets and, yeah. and presumably then it at some point gets gets worse I've never tried Russian chocolate well, that's it. Uh, you should savour it. Hey. But it presumably gets worse, or it snaps back round like the like the international dateline. So I, I've tried to find some funding actually from the BBC to commission a more detailed study on this. It could be like when you and McGregor pisses about on a bike, and they can come with me, and I can try the chocolate. They can film me trying the chocolate. So we're going to call it Beyond the Chocolate Meridian. You're very good. How are you going to travel? Uh, well, whatever they'll pay for, to be honest. Business class, obviously. Yeah, I should think you know now that now that we have an, uh, an award-winning podcast i can't be expected to travel with the plebs sponsored by hannikin and cabries no yeah exactly but they must be able to rustle up a private jet between them i mean god knows the coverage we've given them in this podcast alone is, is enough to propel them to be international super brands i would say I, I i imagine if you go out and ask for some of these things the your heinekens and your dairy milk i reckon you'd probably be able to get them anywhere now thanks to this totally yeah and drink your juice. So did you want to go in-depth on uh, on one of our stories in the papers, Rob? Yeah, a few little bits and pieces, really. Uh, this is a short snippet here from uh, Real People magazine. From the UK, firemen visiting Dominatrix Lorraine White's dungeon in Manchester found laughing gas and several breaches of fire safety laws. Asked what she'd do if there was a fire and chained up men were high on the gas, she admitted she hadn't considered it and was fined £8,000. I like to think that story is because the firemen were visiting her socially and just couldn't step back from their work. 
work. I think that's fair enough because as a fireman, you're always on duty, aren't you? You don't just walk past a fire, for example, if you're a fireman and go, well, I've, I've clocked off, I'm not putting that out. It depends where you are. If they're in a pub or something, then you they potentially could or, could or a, a well-organised public bonfire. What, in a burning pub? No, I'm talking about a, a, a log fire. Well, only if they'd thought out how to get the chained up men out. Yes. Prevention's better than cure, Rob. It, it absolutely is. Matt, I think you've got a story you want to go in depth on. Yeah, within Take a Break, there's a very good article about two completely contrasting individuals, uh, one, one girl called Gemma, who uh, doesn't worry about money. She spends a lot of money on dresses and things like that. She sounds nice. Mm. And then a counterpart is a girl called Zoe, a young mother, uh, husband, and... Uh, well, no, she has a husband, big one. She is a scrimper. The thing which caught my uh, attention to this article was uh, a nice picture of Zoe posing with some water pistols. The headline is, I don't wash my hair or use toilet paper. I stopped using toilet paper and I'm quoting now, and experimented with water pistols or a spray bottle filled with water as substitute. So it's like um, a cheaper alternative to a bidet. What sort of calibre of water pistol are we talking? Are we talking like a Super Soaker 500 here, or...? Well, I'll be honest with you, the photograph is of two... One is a single sort of handheld thing, and the other one is like a double-barreled... I mean, it looks pretty scary. It's the one with the backpack. It does look very large, and I'm actually sort of... I'm, I'd be unsure on the gymnastics involved. Do you think she has an assistant? Maybe. I would dread to think. Is it one of the ones you've got to pump up? Yes, it's, it's got a pump on it. She'll blow her bits off. Yeah, well... I think I think her motivation here... What is it? Is it, is it cost-saving? Yeah, cost-saving exercise, yeah. So it's not an environmental thing. She's, she's willing to use more water and less toilet roll because water is cheaper than toilet roll. I think she needs to do a more thorough assessment of her outgoings because I very much doubt toilet roll was an area that would, would have a big impact when she starts serving. Is water that cheap? Water's very cheap compared to toilet roll. Oh, is it? Are you buying the double quilted stuff, though? I, I do go for the expensive toilet roll, but even even so, water's, water's cheap, especially if, you, if you're not metered. Uh, she doesn't say in the article whether, whether she pays for a water by a meter, but if she's not metered, then, then it's an absolute uh, killing in terms of savings, but it's probably minimal. I suspect there are other things in her lifestyle she might want to cut back on before she starts with toilet roll and shampoo. But, you know, if it saves her a couple of pounds a month, that's money she can spend on new friends. To help her with the water pistol. Is it is it for ones and twos that she's jacked it in then? It doesn't go into that level of detail. Right, okay. She has two, so perhaps one is more appropriate for the front and one for the back. The more heavy-duty one. Yeah, exactly. Could be. Okay, so Pooey Lady, another fast-breaking news story from uh, from this week's papers. Just before we move on, I've had a letter in uh, from a, a, a reader, which is very good because we forgot to read out all the addresses and things last week, but they've, they've really persevered. And they've said... I listened to the extended mega mix of Shut Up and Drink Your Aranya Juice um, as it appeared on iTunes. And was that really Hitler that you, you interviewed or was it just Rob doing a funny voice? Well, of course it was really Hitler. It's the reanimated body of the former Nazi dictator. Hologram. <laughs> performing, performing as a hologram, exactly. He's a, a hologrammatic zombie who smells slightly of mothballs. So that I hope that answers your question. But I think moving swiftly on to, to minimise the amount of Nazi that we, we include in every show now, it seems. Shut up, just shut up, shut up, shut up. And drink your juice. 
Okay, I think it's time for us to look at hints and tips. You have been sending in the hints and tips in droves over the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to start with one here. A bowl of cat litter in the bathroom absorbs steam. But rather so that it doesn't look like you've just got some uh, cat litter tray in your bathroom, mm-hmm. uh, you, you are you are advised to put little candles in into the litter, litter tray to make it more of a romantic approach. Like it's the cat's birthday. Mm-hmm. Continuing with the animal-related uh, hints and tips, uh, pup socks. This is from Carly Edwards in Norfolk she says her chihuahua who's called Ollie Bear it's not a bear it's, it's a chihuahua was always shivering but puppy clothes uh, she'd seen were too expensive so she got an old clean sock cut the toes off and then removed the heel so she could fit Ollie Bear's front legs through so now it's a little doggy sweater that keeps her little chihuahua warm and cosy is that a euphemism for something? don't think so good don't want any smart on this podcast my next tip Lucy Travel from Barnwood has written in to suggest that we hang each paper plates on your walls to give your home some spring decoration. Now, I genuinely didn't know that Easter paper plates were a thing until I saw this. No, agreed. But she has sent us a photo that has an Easter egg on it. Yeah, I've gone a bit more high class, actually, this Easter and used crockery plates. Yeah, you have to nail those, though, don't you? You know nails. You do, you do. It's a sod, I tell you. I've got one from Gwen uh, from Newcastle Puntine. Hi, Gwen. She has said that uh, add bright splashes of colour to your garden by painting rounded stones to look like ladybirds. And she's taken a picture of some stones, round stones, which are painted like ladybirds. Are they to scale then, or...? No, no. If you were to see a ladybird that is the size of some of these stones in this picture, you would be slightly concerned. It's good, isn't it, how normally sort of little bugs and insects and things don't go down well with your typical readership of... Of, of your chat magazines and take a break but the idea of having a giant monstrous one uh, it seems to go down quite well we should point out a disclaimer here because all the best weekly magazines do have a disclaimer at the bottom of their page saying remember these are your tips we haven't tried them ourselves so just to be absolutely clear if a paper plate was to fall off your wall and cause a, a fatal paper cut to somebody or if your giant stone lady bird came to life and terrorised the neighbourhood yeah and if you uh, were to cause a burning inferno with the uh, with the cat uh, with candles. I mean, that's actually... Is ammonia flammable? I, I'm just wondering... I was thinking this. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to in the presence of a teacher because then you might try and educate us. Well, I, I don't know the answer, but, it, but I would say there could be a danger if ammonia were flammable. The cat could pee in the litter tray. The litter tray could then dry out. You've then got the candles in there. It could be a towering inferno. Inferno. Yeah, very good. Very good. It would be a catastrophe. It would. It would probably make the evening muse. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... That's given us all claws for thought it's a very good tale <laughs> i would want my cat to live a bit longer because they've got livers as well <laughs> okay so we've had the instant tips where else <laughs> excuse me sorry <laughs> uh, where else we... we'll get that in post uh, I've just got one more. It's not so much a hints and tips, but this is a, a crossword that I found in uh, Real People magazine. And uh, it's got a swastika in it. You know the black bit that you get in the, the bits where there aren't letters? But it is shaped exactly like a swastika. Well, that's disappointing, isn't it? I, I'm sure hologram reanimated Hitler will be will be in favour. It's probably his favourite puzzle, aside from Sudoku, because he loves those. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that's really suitable for a, a ladies' magazine. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put it on a knitting pattern. 
so don't put it subliminally in the visuals of your crossword. Is that your your test for anything? If, you, if you're worried it's racist, would you put it on a, on a knitting pattern? Yes, yeah. I don't, think, I don't think you should knit things that are racist. I think when you knit something, you should put the knit in unity. Very good. Thanks, Brian. Okay, then. So, should we move swiftly on, Paul? Yeah, sorry. Well, first of all, I've just had a, uh, a goal flash from the Stoke Newcastle game, in which I understand that Peters has managed to put the ball in the net following a cross come shot. Oh dear me. I would have thought that would be a booking for ungentlemanly behaviour, if anything. Similar to spitting. But we'll come back to uh, the football for the grand finale shortly. But first of all, a little bit of an interesting celebrity lifestyle story. A survey has been done by the lingerie brand Blue Bella, who I frankly have never heard of. I'm sure it's lovely. If they want to send us free stuff, please do. Uh, And they have looked at this sort of traditional man and woman thing where you go, ooh, pick and mix. These are the bits that would make up my ideal lady or my ideal man. And so they've, they've come up with four of these ideal bodies. They've done the ideal woman as described by men, the ideal woman as described by women, and the ideal men counterpoints for the same thing. And so it's very interesting. For the, according to women, the, the perfect female form has uh, Emma Watson's hips, Gwyneth Paltrow's stomach, the Duchess of Cambridge's hair, and that Cara Della Watsifall is Watcher McCallum's face. Uh, whereas according to men, the perfect woman has the eyes of Megan Fox, the boobs of Kim Kardashian, the legs of Rosie Huntington Whiteley, which I thought was like a nasty condition you could get Huntington Whiteley's, and the hair of Scarlett Johansson. So I thought it was very interesting. I thought we like celebrities, but we also like science on this show. So I thought, well, in an anti-Michael Gove trying to take the practical element out of science in schools moment, I thought, well, let's not just talk about the theory. Let's actually go and do this. So I've been working very hard in the Shut Up and Drink Your Juice lab with, yeah, a, a set of not entirely willing celebrities to bring this to life. And to be honest, they've said here it's the perfect female body. I'm quite disappointed with the results. It was very hard to hide the stitches. And then when it woke up, it was just sort of lumbering around the place, bumping into stuff. And I mean, even that was only until the peasants chased it into the disused windmill with pitchforks and torches. So, yeah, uh, not all it's cracked up to be, even with Kim Kardashian's boobs. <laughs> so a lesson to, to all of us out there, if you're trying to give yourself the perfect body, there is a downside to this sort of thing. It won't solve all your problems like angry villagers and visible stitches. Thanks, Paul. Oh, so I created this thing, and I was going to call it Brunga's Monster, but I thought, well, it'll just end up getting shortened to Brunga, and that's going to get confusing when it's got the perfect female body. But, you know, never mind. In the interests of equality, the, uh, the other version, the, the perfect man has Hugh Jackman's hair, uh, Hugh Jackman's face, uh, Hugh Jackman's torso, uh, legs and arms and car. Shut up, just shut up, shut up, shut up. And drink your juice. So I think it's now time to move on to the grand final excitement. Yes, we have a very special football sticker top trump this week because as well as Panini World Cup 2014 football stickers, we have, um, and Matt found these in his childhood bedroom. That's quite a creepy room to have in your house. I've got a kitchen and a bathroom and a, and a bedroom. I haven't also got a childhood bedroom. That's a bit creepy. I said childhood. He was, well, this is, I mean, it's actually from 2006. So he, I think Matt was about 21 in 2006. So it's not even from, from that long ago. But we have a set of Merlin's FA Premier League 2006 football stickers. Now there are five 
five in the pack. One of them is much larger than the others. He's the Robbie Williams of the stickers. But I'm going to suggest uh, we put that one to one side and maybe use that as some sort of decider. But I do have four stickers here. We'll, we'll both draw two of those once we've done our main round here. So Matt, if you could place your sticker album face down on the table and then oh. and then tear across the top. While you hear a background of the ripping of paper that symbols the start of this, frankly, better than a Cat Olympics event, I'll go through the rules. So what will happen is our competitors, Matt and Rob, will simultaneously turn over the top sticker from their pile. That will reveal the player, club badge, team photo, stadium, etc. that is on that. And I will essentially judge which is best. We'll keep score. We'll add it up at the end. There will be uh, a clear winner and a clear loser who will go on to uh, fight for the World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania. And, uh, of course, as always, Neville's are high and Shiny's are trump. Indeed, correct. So, uh, face down, so I have no idea what this is. I'm going to go first, if that's okay. I'm going to take this one. All I know at the moment is that it's sticker number 608. It is uh, Dmitry Komborov of, of Russia. He plays for FC Spartak Moscow. And I've got Sully Mantarai, who plays for Congo, I think is AC Milan he plays for. I don't think Congo in the World Cup. He plays for Ghana. Ghana, that's it. Ghana. Yeah. So we'll edit this to cover the racism. One nil to Matt, I think, because I've, I've heard of him. Okay, fair enough. So I can tell you that the next card I have, I, I can tell you that it is a shiny because it has a special code on the back of the shiny one. So uh, flipping it over, I have the Honduras National Football Federation of Honduras badge uh, in a shiny form. A badger. I have Javad Nekunam, who I believe is from Iran. Mm, well, I'm going to have to give it to the shiny. It has to be the shiny. Shiny's a trump. So my next one here is Mehdi Mostefa of... Uh, which country is that? It is... If you're listening, Panini, put the country on them. Algeria. Mehdi Mustafa of Algeria. He plays for AC Ayaccio in France. And I have Hassan Yebda from Turkey. And he plays for Udinese Calcio in Italy. Yeah, well, I've been to Udine, the uh, the home of Udinese Calcio. I'm going to display some bias because I quite like them. So I'm going to give it to Matt. Although I, I would like to question that because Turkey aren't in the World Cup. Well, what's the flag look like? Oh, well, it's, it's, got a, it's got the Saracen star. Green and white. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same as mine. Algerian. Oh, Algeria. Okay, beg your yeah. pardon. And all. Well, lucky I didn't do a geography degree. <laughs> sort yourself out, Panini. Put it on. It's very. It's making life very difficult for us here. Us provincial types can't cope, especially me, who can't even see the visual clues that are there. Either either that or skip all these players that no one's heard of. Well, okay, well, that's going to cover most. Go on then, Rob. I am quite excited, actually, because I don't think I've got any duplicates here. So my album is benefiting from this. But uh, once again, another player I've not heard of. This is Brian Ruiz. He plays for Eindhoven in the Netherlands, and he's Costa Rica. And I have Masato Moshigi, who plays FC Tokyo, and he's from Japan. It's interesting, because we had Brian Ruiz in the first show when we had the Premiership Attack, what's going to call it, cards, and I think he won there as well. So I think he's going to continue his uh, his winning streak, and that will be two to Brian Ruiz and now two to Rob. Right, I think we're a two all now, which means we're on a decider. I'm pretty pleased with my final one here on the grounds that I've heard of him. He has played in the Premier League. He now plays for Seattle Sounders FC in the USA. Well, I think I know who this is. It is Clint Dempsey. Oh, and I've got Samir Nasri. Oh! He plays the City for France. He's definitely better. Bust, he's busted you there with your Clint Dempsey, wow. hasn't he? Oh, yeah, well, well done to Samir Nasri. He's probably going to finish up the season with minimum of one trophy. He's already got one, probably some more, maybe even uh, a World Cup, which is more than conservative Clint Dempsey. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Matt, 3-2. And, and he can also add to his trophies the fact that he won this week's podcast for me. Well, not 
entirely true because don't forget we have the two remaining stickers for the FA Premier League 2006 things I'll just come and bring those to you nice it's very very good here that's, that's the travel across uh, different parts of the world in order to go and hand this to me here you go live oh there we go these are, oh, these are better quality it's true as always I am uh, broadcasting from an apartment in Amsterdam but actually Rob and Matt are here as holograms that are being projected onto the stage alongside me digitally okay so we have two Premier League stickers each Matt do you want to go first for these last two? Oh, I've got uh, Rio Ferdinand very good and this is back when Rio Ferdinand was good this is 2006 yep I have Jerome Thomas are they all signed or has somebody scribbled on this? no these are signed this one's signed signed. that must have taken ages I have Jerome Thomas of Charlton Athletic. Ah, uh, give that one to Matt. A point to Rio yeah. Ferdinand. Well done, Rio. So Matt's taken an unassailable lead. Then this is purely a an administration exercise. Exactly this final one. So Matt, you go first. Uh, Danny Collins from Sunderland. Danny Collins from Sunderland, and I have Nyron Nosworthy of Southampton. No, Sunderland. Also Sunderland. Yeah. Yeah. Nyron Nugsy Nosworthy. Yeah. Well, on on the grounds that he's got a, an inexplicable nickname and I'm not aware that Danny Collins does I'm going to give it to Nyron so uh, Matt wins by the narrowest of margins absolutely and let's uh, for completeness let's have a look at the shiny it is Gareth Southgate he's a captain card for Middlesbrough FC oh well everyone's a winner with that one yeah good well I think we've just about run out of time for talking about holograms turning over football stickers and debating whether or not a cat show is a real thing or not so I'm afraid it's time to say goodbye now from all your friends here at Shut Up and Drink Your Juice so that's Goodbye from me, Paul Brunger. Goodbye. Goodbye from him, Rob Cowan. Goodbye. And goodbye from him, Matt Bird. Bye. Please uh, send us your your letters, your adoring fan mail. And for those of you with commitment issues, you can just keep it digital and talk to us on Twitter at at ShutUpDrink or send us a a nice old-fashioned email with a stamp and everything at ShutUpAndDrinkYourJuice at gmail.com. Shut up, just shut up, shut up, shut up. And drink your juice.